This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Once again, there could be heroin packs underneath, you know, a bag of bras. I don't know. From Gimlet, I'm Josh Muccio, and welcome to The Pitch. Cody Candy is in the room today, raising $1.5 million for his company, Bounce. And the conversation takes some weird turns. Can Cody get things back on track after the investors start asking about bags of bras and heroin? Let's find out. Here's who Cody needs to convince. Jillian Manis. Jillian is a partner at Structure Capital, where they've invested $98 million so far in high-profile startups like Uber. Phil Nadell. As a serial entrepreneur, Phil built companies that sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. Now he manages one of the largest syndicates on AngelList. Michael Hyatt. Michael built and sold two software companies for over $500 million. And now he invests for himself. Charles Hudson. Charles is with Precursor Ventures, where he's invested $20 million in over 100 startups to date. Nicole Verkent. Nicole is a founder CEO whose previous companies did over $60 million in annual sales. Now, she's also an angel investor. All right, here's Cody. This is sort of the preface of the Bounce story. Okay. When I was doing a trip in India, I was spending six months there. I packed just three suitcases. And when I came back to San Francisco, I realized that was all I needed. Um, like all the other things that I had beyond three suitcases, it was just unnecessary. So I got rid of everything else that I owned. I want to do that. Uh, minimalist. <laughs> I, I really like want to do right. that. That's right. And um, yeah, what I realized is... People are people. so often are spending so much time planning their days, planning their lives around the things that they own. And so that was really the inspiration for starting Bounce. Um, and it's not necessarily to get everyone to own less. It's more to give everyone the superpower of not, not owning a lot. Give everyone the advantage of, of not being held down by their things. Right. Not being held down by their things. We all have that friend that read some article about minimalism, threw out half their stuff, and says it's the best decision they've ever made. So how do you make that into a business? Can you give us an example? Yes. Yeah, so basically, the, what the product looks like today is uh, you open the app and you can find a space to leave your things all over the city. So the goal is on every block of the city. It's like a storage uh, Yeah, that's right. Solution. That's right. Okay. So a lot of travelers will use us to store their luggage. A lot of folks will use us before going to, say, an event at Madison Square Garden. Um, all kinds of use cases. So um, is, it talk- is it sorry? Is it sharing economy or are you using Yes, yeah, so we're storing things place? in small businesses that have extra space. We have 65 store locations between New York City and San Francisco. Um, basically, how we're building up to this massive vision is first layer, secure prime real estate in urban areas. We partner with small businesses that have extra space that they're not using. So this so could it's be just a, it's a sto- it's a it's a storage app, a storage company. That's I mean that you're enabling people to store things temporarily. That's right. There we go. 
What Bounce does is let you find places to store the stuff you don't want to carry around with you all day. But according to Cody, that's just phase one. Um, and then basically on top of that, we'll build the ability to move things between those nodes. We'll have huge advantage here because one, we're using businesses that have opening hours. Um, and uh, two, when someone drops something off with Bounce, they usually don't need it for a few hours. So people are able to uh, drop things in one place, pick them up in another. We have a five-hour time window before we need to move okay, them. Okay, so like, let, let, let's, let's back How up here. So I have my knapsack, and I don't want to carry it around for the day in New York City. I'm going to drop it off here, but eventually I need to make it to the airport. You're going to move it to the airport for me. That's right. So I'm going to meet my backpack at the airport. That's right, yeah. And so how are you, so talk about the delivery process, because I understand the drop-off piece, although there are some, that's fraught with some problems in terms of insurance problems, there's certain liability, do you really trust that store? Um, there, there are a lot of issues when it comes to, to that, I think, um, but I want to dive into it. Airbnb's faced, right? What? Well, but uh, yes, but Airbnb has huge insurance policies. Right. The homeowners insurance also covers that. They do um, now. There are all there are all sorts of uh, layers of insurance of uh, protection. So, what's the protection, and why would a store take on that liability of somebody's possession just being left? Especially adding on to um, the problem with terrorism. How can they verify what's in the It does sound like a recipe off? for disaster. It yeah, does. Absolutely. Drugs, <laughs> guns, you know, anything, body parts. That's true. right there. If I wanted to move drugs cake, around the city, this would be an amazing thing. Be it would be every mule would be dropping it off at every <laughs> door, awesome. and somebody else would be delivering it <laughs> we're, to, we're, you know, to the spot. So it's, yeah, let's Is start with Is this a drug question. delivery app? Is that Pretty much. It's legal in Canada now. Okay. In case you haven't noticed, Cody hasn't been able to get a word in edgewise. The investors have gotten sucked into this banter about drugs and terrorism. So he basically ignores it altogether and gets back to the business. I'll tell you the value props for the stores, what we do around safety and security. The product today is just uh, dropping things off and picking them up from the same space. Uh, we don't move them between locations for you yet. Um, but in terms of the value props for the stores, we have all kinds of stores from hotels to coffee shops, uh, everything. How many do you have now? 65. Okay. And, and tell us about the business model. At the yeah. 65, what kind yeah. of revenue are you generating? How does it all work? Yeah, so there's two value props for the stores. One is extra foot traffic. Uh, our customers, uh, we estimate more than half of them buy from our small business partners. The second value prop is we do a revenue share with them. So basically, we charge $6 per bag per day with the current model. Um, and we give $3, um, now phasing that to $2 per bag to the store partners. So they win on both of those value props. And is the $6 charge regardless of the size of the item? Uh, that's right. Yeah, as long as you can pick it up with two hands. So we oh. do backpacks, suitcases, work bags, gym bags, all how, kinds of how things. How long have you been doing this for? Uh, we started last October. It seems like Cody has managed to steer the conversation away from backpacks full of cocaine, but the investors aren't really known for leaving stones unturned. But how, but how, how do you verify what's in there? Yeah. What if yeah. there's a bomb? So we yeah. enable the store partners to, uh, while the customer's dropping something off, to ask to see the items. Um, and they also have the authority to reject the customers. 
So when they see the items, I mean, once again, there could be heroin packs underneath, you know, a bag of bras. I don't know, right? And so you open the bag, they're not going to go through every little piece of this. I, I, I see this, I, I worry about this a bit. Yeah, I want to address your concerns about people leaving things that they're not supposed to leave. So the way we scale this into a really big company is really by empowering our small business owners to um, make these decisions autonomously on their own. And so these folks, they see so many people come in and out of their stores. They're able to, to sniff out, you know, even when I walk into a store, when I would pitch them, they would know that I'm not a customer. They'd know I was trying to, you know, tell them about something I'm working on. And so it's been really effective to let the small business owners manage this. They're really comfortable with that. So as long as they're comfortable with that and we can scale this up without the big need from our side, um, then it's a win for us. We do offer an insurance policy, $2,500 per item stored. Um, and we're actually increasing this later this year. For all the jokes about drugs and everything, it yeah. actually feels like an app I would use. I mean, Jillian asked where I've been the last yeah. four months, and I said, I've been bouncing. And that's real. Like, I feel like I land somewhere, and then I try to find a random hotel I can leave my things at, or mm. the lobby of the meeting I'm in, or those types of things. So I think there is a need. I don't know. Okay, and how fast are you scaling on revenue? What's going on? Yes, yeah, so basically, we've been in product development mode, came out of that in February, and since then, we've been growing 50% month over month. So last month, we did 8500 in revenue. And a it's month. primarily an app? Uh, so it's actually a web app right now. Our users okay. are asking for a mobile app, but we just yeah, have a web sure app. Yeah, they'd want a mobile app. And yeah. where is it available? Uh, New York City and San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, we launched San Francisco in under one week. How many people? How many users? 1500 1500 in the last... In the last, uh, so we we put the product live in October. Last month, we had 500 users. Is there an expectation of consistency across locations? Like, is there a bounce X locker? Is there a bounce X, is there a bounce area? Like, I, I just think of going to a coffee shop. A lot of coffee shops, there aren't a lot of They're great. And then how do you get into the closet and you yeah, don't even and know like, how. Do you have to, and what about the, the staff? Like, if I come in as a bounce, bouncer, find the counter. as a bounce user, and I say, hey, I want to check this. This is the barista going to look at me like I'm, like, yeah. how does that whole. Yeah, you train. Yeah. yeah. The, the number one requirement for stores is that they have extra space that is locked and out of regular customer access. Do you, how do you verify that? Uh, so we started out going into every single store. Um, that's the process we use right now, just to make sure we can. Someone can walk in and they know that if it's a bounce location, they'll feel safe and secure. They know that their things will be safe there. You guys personally to. visit every store. We do. Yeah. The investors seem to be digging in now, stress testing the business for potential weak spots. And speaking of weak spots, why did you not go mobile first? I'm yeah, so surprised. That's me too. Yeah. That, that's yeah. actually kind of really strange Especially for with a your young bank. guy like yeah. you in the valley. Yeah. <laughs> like mobile first is. Everybody. Yeah, so basically we started this business with how can we just validate things as fast as possible? And web apps are way easier to just change features, put things live on the fly, not have to wait for a review process. And so we started with web purely for speed. Um, and the That's idea was though. we would nail our... But it's so strange. Like, I land in New York City and I will put some of my bags. I'm going to open the app. Yeah. You're saying I have to go to a web. Yeah, yeah. That's right. People tell us, uh, like, right. this is like, imagine if you had to go to www.uber.com to book a cab. No one's going to do that, right? right. So uh, our, uh, part of our mentality, too, was if we can nail this as a web experience and ship that even faster, then it'll work even better as a mobile yeah. app. When's so, the mobile app coming out? Uh, later this year. Like, later yeah. this year? Yeah. So we're thinking end of next quarter. Why not now? Why not as soon as possible? Yeah, so there's a couple things that we have to figure out to to build this business. One is um, there's this balance between coverage 
and uh, certain product features. So having more and more stores is a key thing. It was really easy to manage them all when we had 12 stores. Uh, now we have 65 and that's quickly growing. And so we have to build some of the tools to manage all those stores. Basically, we're, we're time constrained. It's only two of us. Right. Cody says it's still a lot easier to build and modify an app on the web than it is to build one for mobile. And he's betting that sacrificing consumer convenience now will mean building a better product in the long run. And all this feeds into Cody's grand vision for Balance as a company, where people's stuff moves unencumbered around the city. Um, Walk me through the delivery piece, the pickup and delivery piece, because I think that's a bit of, uh, uh, that's where I think you're going to have the most friction. How are you, are you going to partner up with, explain. Yeah, so I think think we're going to be incredibly well positioned to do delivery. Um, What the on-demand economy got wrong was it takes so much scale for it to work. what we realize is people don't always want things ASAP. They want it at a scheduled time. So if someone drops something off with Bounce, it might not be five. It'll be five hours before they want it again. And so that allows us to do a lot more batching, a lot, a lot more route optimization. Think Uber Pool routing on steroids. So I'll have to bow out on this one. I have a portfolio company conflict that's probably too close for comfort. Yeah. But I'm a big believer in this. Which model. one? Omni. How does that work? So Omni's slightly different model. It's centralized storage, but delivered to you when you need it. Yeah. My other question is, does this become a habit for people? Because just hearing your unit economics, you need reuse. Yeah. You need yeah. this to become yeah. a habitual thing. So we have yeah. some users that it use us three to four times per week. Okay. Um, and in terms of the Omni piece, I understand where there might be some uh, some some conflict of interest yeah. there. Um, I see them as a I, their 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 whole focus now is to be a item rental marketplace, and so um, yeah, with us, it's it's really more about creating the infrastructure for people to leave things. Charles is out, but there's still a lot the investors don't know about this business. And so, how much are you raising now, and for what valuation? Yes, yeah, so we're raising 1.5 million on a six million cap. So I know it's early, but what's your customer acquisition cost on both the consumer side and then acquisition cost on the location side? Yeah, so on the consumer side, 70% of our traffic is organic search. Um, We've also looked at Google AdWords. We could get customers for about $12 there. The average transaction size is 15, and we share up to half of that with businesses. So there's an opportunity to tweak that uh, and potentially I'm sorry, go go through those numbers? Yeah, so 70% is organic, totally free. Um, Then on Google AdWords, we can get folks for $12. Are you doing that? Uh, Yeah. You're getting them for $12 now? That's right, that's right. All right, and then what were you saying after that? The average transaction size is $15. I thought you said $6 a day. Yeah, the average customer stores 2.5 items at a time. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's per item. That's right. Okay. That's right. Okay. I had asked before, but what's the acquisition cost for a location? Yeah, so $350. $350. that's paid out over time as uh, as we do transactions. So we can stay in the that's a, that's a store acquisition cost. That's right. right. That's location right. acquisition, $350. Correct. That's pretty high. Cody, um... I'm going. Uh, I'm going to pass because uh, two two reasons. I'm concerned about the unit economics versus your customer and location acquisition costs. I think that the unit economics just aren't great. If you're going to get, you know, uh, on average seven and a half dollars, whatever, um, or eight, whatever it turns out to be, and you have to acquire customers and acquire locations. I think 
you're going to end up spending more on those than you think. Plus, honestly, I, I'm not sure how significant the problem is that you're solving. And that, that concerns me enough that I'm, I'm going to pass. Phil is out. Here's Jillian. So I'm going to take the flip side of this, but not completely. I think the addressable market is huge, okay? But um, I need to see this as an app. And when you have this as an app, I'd like you to come back and have this more built out and a lot of the, the de-risk. Yeah, so that, that would be me. I can't come in right now, but I do think you're onto something potentially big. Yeah, if I can just address some of those points. So in terms of the unit economics, uh, we basically were profitable last month. We're storing over 1,000 items a month, and this is pre-mobile app. So Well, and you have very low overheads. We have extremely low overhead, and I think that's the beauty of this model. Uh, we're able to scale this. We'll be in 10 cities in a year uh, with very minimal costs. Um, and so we could take this really big, really fast with not a ton of capital. I can see my, the minute you started talking, despite us laughing about drugs and those types of things, I could see myself using it, which I think is really important. So I could see myself actually using it. I see that the the trends are definitely there. People wanting to own less, people being less focused, smaller spaces. Um, yeah, I also pretty... agree, I joke about bouncing around and having problems with my stuff, but I don't know if it's that big of a problem for me to just go to the hotel and leave it there. Or like I leave it at, at you know, this, wherever my meeting is, or those types of things. Uh, that's the I thing. Just, I mean, you have I'm to find a store. To figure out. Let's say you go on this app. You got to find a store versus just you could just go find your. I want to go through the customer journey with myself because <laughs> like, I'm trying to that's understand yeah, if it's like a gnawing toothache or if I'm like, God damn it, I have to get rid of my stuff. <laughs> so in summer, I'm gonna pass right now, but I'd like to use it. Nicole and Jillian are out, which makes Michael the last investor standing. Yeah, so uh, I like you a lot. Um, I like the way you answer questions. I think you're very, very logical, and you actually have some counterintuitive thinking, which I think is going to make you very successful. I'm still stunned that this is not a mobile first thing, and I still can't get around your answer that it's going to be a couple of quarters or whatever. Like, I, I, I'm just, I can't fathom this. I don't understand this. Um, because it's the only way I want to use yours. I, I wouldn't use your product at all if I had to open up a web page and do that. I just don't get that. Uh, but uh, I, I think that, uh, I think you got something here, but I'm going to be out for now. All the investors have passed. And usually this is the point where the founder packs up their bags and says goodbye. But Cody keeps pitching. So in addition to the money, one of the things we're looking for Stress. in this investment round is uh, partnerships. Yeah. So folks who have a lot of retail connections and they can help us flip some of these connections yeah. really, really fast. Yeah. Um, if we like could a get chain, one of these like big a chain guys. Store. I'm not, exactly. I'm not yeah. convinced a big retailer is going to do this with you. I think it's, it's the mom and pa guys. stores that don't have to go through. I mean, the yeah. amount of stuff that you're going to have to go through to an insurance and probably with a 7-Eleven. It's just, I don't, I'm, well, I'd be shocked if the they'll security. do it. Now we have an 18-month-long sales I, You're telling cycle. me they're a big we, chain we, signing you Yeah, up? we actually had Kmart reach out to us and say, hey, Kmart. we're interested. Yeah, brick and mortar is dying, right? They're still right? alive. Are they they're, still they're losing all <laughs> they're their customers. Yeah. And so they're desperate for traffic. Well, So they come to us. And uh, UPS, they have all kinds of add-on services like passport photos and fingerprinting services. They're looking for these add-on businesses. You like it. Is it the, I do like it. I know you do. I know. I like it. I actually do too. I like I don't, him. I, 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 don't, I like I'm, it. I'm killing myself here. Like this is one of these things where... Okay. You, you want to go in, don't you? I want to go in. Yeah, don't you? I know you do. <laughs> I know you're changing your mind. I am. 
Uh, Charles, do you want to chirp up? I you can't. I have Omni, the same. But- <clears throat> I worry about the Omni thing. I, but if I, you weren't an Omni, do you like this? You know, most things I've seen with travel, with a few exceptions, you don't get repeat usage because aside from the hardcore business traveler, it's just not a. So, if I could get comfortable that there's a regular, like in the city, like hey, I came from. Equinox, where I came from the gym and I'm going to meet my friends at the bar and I don't want to carry my gym bag and for three bucks I can leave. If I had some some better sense for how you build repeatability outside of travel, I think I could probably get there because I think I think the barriers to entry are low, but you're not going to have a lot of competition because it's kind of a wacky idea. You know, one person said to me that the businesses that you roll your eyes at, right, are the ones that yeah. ultimately are the best. The people that have uh, the most ridiculous ideas are the ones that you should pay attention to the most. Um, Ergo, Airbnb, and all those others. We do have a trusting economy. We have the sharing, the trust. I think it's built in there. I'm going to reverse because everything we've brought up, everything we've hit you with, you've seen all these different issues. I'm going to go into for 100,000. And you know why? Because you believe in you. You believe in this model. But you'd like to see an app, wouldn't you? I want to see the app. And actually, I might make that sort of contingent in terms of, I need you to move that up on your product roadmap. Yeah, that would be my number one For me to invest 100,000, would you say yes if I were to say, move this up? Or you're just going to say, no, we're still going to do it in December. Yeah. So my uh, my philosophy is is always uh, under promise over deliver. And so when it comes to committing to things like a mobile app or things, different product features, even with store partners, I always say a deadline that I know I'll hit, but I always launched products on time. It was always... God, I really love you. <laughs> I really love you. But you'll do it by the end of the year. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So easily, yeah. And, and then- After bouncing around, Jillian is on board for 100000 Can I now say you're a sweet and this deal is as sweet as your name, <laughs> Cody Candy. Thank you. Cody leaves the room with a win. But after he steps out, the investors show their true feelings. I was so out of the beginning. I was like, I was was going to tap out at 10 minutes. I was going to start daydreaming. Totally. I kept thinking, guns, heroin. I I think it's just crazy to work. I just don't understand the repeatability yet. Like, that's the thing I keep. I'm I'm, I'm actually going to call him afterwards. I'll spend a bit more time with him. I've never seen someone start a company this stage and not go mobile first and do the whole thing and bring people in that way. So, but you know what? He's just quirky and strange enough to be onto something but, with his counterintuitive thinking. Yes, yeah. and he, he's His answers are very good. He's a product guy at heart. Mm-hmm. I liked his answers. He really He's grew quintessentially on me. a Same. solid entrepreneur. Yes. And, um, you know, you nailed it with this, I think we would have laughed at Airbnb thing. But I think you still need to think through. We're a little unusual. We're running around a lot more, exactly. I think, than average. And still with that data, how many times this week would you have used it? About three. Oh, you would have. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's a In lot. In fact, I can't tell you. I was I down think on twice. Wall Street. I can think of twice I would have used it. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. See? And I can think of a 1,000 people, like 2,000 people exception. that would use this. I just think moving the stuff around is an unnecessary complication, too. See, I Because you're going to be like, I'm going to the airport. Where's my bag? Oh, yeah, your I bag is stuck in traffic. Yeah. I'm not going to get to the airport and hope that my bag made it. So this is part of the conversation with him. Yeah. I, I, The delivery piece is actually where I'm having the most concern. 
I think that people are going to leave their things places. I, they're yeah. going to go to meetings. I don't they think you need that off. part of the company. Yeah. So how do you invest in an entrepreneur whose grand vision you don't believe in? But here's the thing. I think that there's, the, right now this is his vision. I think that if he sees that there's a scalable business in just this first part of it, He's going to come to that place himself, but I'm also going to make that part of this conversation. Yeah. yeah. So that's my thought. Great. It sounds like Jillian's money comes with a lot of strings attached. After the break, can Cody make good on his promise to whip up a mobile app fast? This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company, it's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies to fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. A couple months after Cody's pitch, I caught up with him to find out what was going on with Bounce. And I had one big question for him. So here's the here's the thing I think everyone is wondering. Uh, do you have an app yet? Uh, we actually have uh, made a ton of progress on our app and we set a release time frame. So we're putting the app live in September. No way. That's awesome. Yep. The code ground has been broken. <laughs> Um, all right, cool. So the mobile app was a hang-up for the investors. It was brought up several times by several people and seemed like it was a condition for Jillian even investing in the end. Does it make sense to you why the mobile app was such a big hang-up for the investors? Yeah, you know, I think they are absolutely correct in thinking that this is a mobile-first product. Uh, but I also think that starting with the web app enabled us to get off the ground a lot faster and make mobile app development a lot easier. Yeah. And so in this case, it's really not about delivering right off the bat the perfect experience. It's more about proving out, will people store their things with strangers? That's a crazy idea, right? So being able to prove that as fast as possible is more important in the beginning than proving out, you know, can we build the perfect experience for someone? And actually, speaking of handing things over to strangers, the investors brought up really early security concerns. And like Jillian actually had concerns about people using Bounce to transport heroin. And then she even brought up terrorism as a concern. Mm -hmm. um, you know what? I think we've been lucky enough that a lot of companies have solved this before us. Uh, Airbnb being the key example. Uh, a lot of things that could have gone so badly there have gone so badly. And so there are literally 
uh, these big insurance companies, they literally have practices now just for the sharing economy. And so when I think about questions of security for bounce, I think, are we doing anything more inherently risky than options that drug dealers or tourists would have today? And if you think about a store like UPS, for example, um, we're not doing anything more inherently risky. Interesting. And uh, one note there that I'm, I'm really excited about actually is Jillian put me in touch with the general counsel of Airbnb. Um, he's actually joining our round. And he put me in touch with the head Wait, of insurance. What? Yeah, yeah. Wait, this is um, this is like her um, significant other. This is her that's partner. Right. That's right. That's right. Rob. Yeah, Rob Chestnut. And <laughs> he put me in touch with the head of insurance at Airbnb, and his name's George, and he's been so incredibly helpful uh, getting me the right contacts and helping us really get a premium insurance offering for our customers as we scale this up. Wow. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, Jillian's been amazing. So in the room, you got a commitment uh, for $100,000 from Jillian. Yeah, you know, it was a little quiet after the pitch, and then... We got Jillian on board, and we actually got Michael Hyatt on board as well. Wait, what? Um, yeah. Oh, you didn't know this. What? Yeah, yeah. He said it might actually be his first investment off of the pitch. It is his first investment off of the pitch, but he didn't invest in the room. Yeah, that's right. He he came up to me afterwards, and he said, hey, keep me posted with the round. And then I think Jillian and him were talking, and <laughs> Jillian must have gotten him really excited about it, so he came in. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Okay. How much did he put in? He put in 50. Great. All right. So Jillian ended up coming in for a hundred thousand. Uh, Jillian said she was in for a hundred thousand. We did a close on Friday and the wire with her name came in for 75 K. And then Rob, uh, her partner who runs general counsel at Airbnb came in for how much? 25 K. Oh, well, there's your hundred from Jillian. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then did you close out the rest of the round? You were raising a total of, was it 2 million? Uh, so we've been wavering between 1.5 and 1. Uh, okay. So basically what we decided with Jillian was 1. Uh, then all of a sudden the round started heating up. You know, once once I told other investors this was happening, then all these people who were sort of on the bench came in. And uh, basically, we did our first closing on Friday, got most of that closed. Uh, we're super oversubscribed for the rest of the amount. There's 375K left. So talking to a number of folks to do a second closing in the, in the coming weeks. Wow, that must feel amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. On Friday, I, was, I logged into the bank account and every time I hit refresh, the balance would go up. It was at 100K at first. Then it was at... Uh, maybe 150K, then 300K, and then 500K. And then uh, last time I checked, it was in the 600s, and it just keeps going up. Wow. So where do you go from here? What's next? Yeah, so actually, we are substantially speeding up the rate at which we'll launch new cities. Uh, we realized how easy it was when we did San Francisco. So we have an intern this summer who's launching DC for us. Uh, we're launch uh, That's coming in uh, August. In September, we're launching Chicago and Boston. Uh, of course, we're launching the mobile app in September, and we'll we'll just continue to grow Bounce as fast as we can and, and really drive towards those features that bring us closer to that big vision. Yeah. So question for you. Um, you know, this is, this is kind of along those lines of the 10-year vision versus the what are we doing today. What would you say if an investor tried to move you off your plan, which 
which I believe was have this all-inclusive service where your luggage luggage could meet you where you are at your final destination. But Jillian said that she was going to try to move you away from that as the vision for this thing. Um, have you guys talked about that? Um, you know, we didn't chat a ton about this, but one of the things that actually brings us closer to the vision is the mobile app because it's a more lifestyle product, uh, more lifestyle interface, I should say. Uh, it's 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 easier to use a product multiple times a week or multiple times a month if it's a, a mobile app versus a web app. And so in a way, she's sort of pushing me faster towards the vision. Thanks, Cody. Yeah, thanks a lot, Josh. Watching this pitch play out was really interesting for me because when I first spoke with Cody, I was looking at bringing on another startup that was literally doing the exact same thing in New York for six bucks a day, just like Bounce. And the reason I chose Bounce over the other company is Cody had this grand 10-year vision. And that was what felt really exciting about the company, this kind of outlandish plan. So even though some of the investors rolled their eyes at his big vision, I think they saw something in Cody too. Jillian said it best. The people that have the most ridiculous ideas are the ones you should pay attention to the most. And maybe, just maybe, Cody is one of those people. Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Molly Donahue, and Kareem Maddox. We are edited by Blythe Terrell. We're mixed by Enoch Kim, original music composed by The Musemaker. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Lisa Muccio planned the recording of this pitch, and we discovered Bounce because of an introduction from Jake Sukoff with WeWork Labs. If you're a startup founder who's raising funds, you should definitely apply to pitch on our show. You can go to thepitch.show slash apply to do that. And as a reminder, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. We'll be back with a brand new episode next Wednesday. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.